Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. This is the Mile High Huddle podcast. This is the gut reaction episode. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, with me, my fellow football priest. You know him, you love him, Zach Kelberman. Zach, what in the Sam Hill happened tonight? The Denver Broncos falling 17-16. This was a game that, you know, by all accounts, this this probably should have been like a 9-10 point victory if the Broncos can pull their heads out of their you-know-whats. But what was your gut reaction to this? Um, I think for some fans, like, holy crap, hit the panic button, loss. I mean, I am a little bit. And I'm not one to overreact, but I am pissed the hell off right now, Chad. You know, we're not necessarily fans of the team, but there is an emotional investment with riding and dying with the Broncos and all they've put together, Russell Wilson, Nathaniel Hackett, they came up small today. These are the types of games where we would call for Vic Fangio's head in that era. And I'm not saying Nathaniel Hackett should be fired, but he is part of the reason. He is largely the reason why the Broncos lost this game. And it makes me look like a freaking chump because I've done nothing but ride for and support Nathaniel Hackett from day freaking one before he was hired. But his offensive play calling in the red zone, atrocious. The fact that he went with Melvin Gordon on the goal line, the fumbler who, shocker, fumbled again, is atrocious, Chad. Him deciding at the end of the game to waste time, call a timeout, and then try Try a 64-yard field goal. You trade multiple first-round draft picks for a franchise quarterback. You give them $245 million, and you kick a field goal there. They came up small. They got beat because Seattle wanted the game more. They were more disciplined. They were more fired up. They just came out with a better game plan, better execution, better everything. This is, for a week one game, an embarrassment on Nathaniel Hackett's behalf. When Geno Smith looks like an all-pro, you got to start wondering, hey, 
Maybe there's something to this first-year rookie defensive coordinator jitters. So much more that we got to get to tonight. I want to say hello to everybody getting in the room early, like EJ throwing down a big baller super chat like that. Thank you, brother. He says, apparently nobody for the Broncos understands how timeouts work. I am beyond frustrated with this coaching staff and their game management. Piss poor effort by the players and coaches. A complete and utter lack of discipline and poise, Zach, in all of the key moments. How do you account for that? What's What do you tell people? Coaching, coaching, coaching. That's what I tell people. And I'm being fair and I'm being unbiased and objective. I, I like Nathaniel Hackett a lot more as a head coaching prospect than Vic Fangio. But when you come out and you commit penalty after penalty, it falls on the coaching for not having the team disciplined, ready to go, and following their techniques. When you play small and big opportunities, it falls on the coaching. It doesn't seem like the Broncos even practice for this game, Chad. It seems like they just either assume they would win. Kind of like, so one thing, the one parallel I drew... The Broncos can't go into this game like the Cowboys went into the Broncos game last year because Dallas assumed it'd be a steamroll type effort. There'd be no effort required and they would get the W. I don't know if that's went through what went through the Broncos minds, but that no more that nice guy routine that Hackett has that has to change here because it's on him for not having the team ready. It's on his players for embarrassing him as the head coach and just letting Geno freaking Smith look like Lamar Jackson <laughs> cross with Joe Montana. It's sad. It's abysmal. That cannot happen ever. It is abysmal, but you know what's not abysmal? The free opportunity to win a Peyton Manning signed Peyton Manning picture because pristineauction.com is back with Mile High Huddle, and they are pristineauction.com, the most trusted sports memorabilia auction site out there with a AAA rating on the Better Business Bureau. We're teaming up with them once again, Pristine Auction, on another great giveaway. Viewers right now, our viewers can win a Peyton Manning signed framed photo, as you see on the screen. You can check out our Twitter page, too, for great pics of this piece of memorabilia, but to win, all you got to do is head to pristineauction.com, click register at the top of the page, or just follow the link in the description of this pod. When you register, you use our code Elway, easy to remember, to be entered. And as a bonus, Pristine Auction will kick in 10 bucks off your first winning auction. Yes, Pristine Auctions, if I can find my screen. Every item on pristineauction.com comes with a certificate of authenticity from the industry's most reputable authenticators. Upgrade your collection of signed memorabilia today and get $10 off your first item one when you use the code Elway when you sign up. Again, pristineauction.com slash register or use the link in the show description. Use the code Elway and get $10 off your first item one and be entered to win a Peyton Manning signed frame photo. The drawing will be held Monday, September 19th. Zach, how much of this, you know, I there was something, and you know this, dude, I kept bringing it up on the podcast. I kept bringing it up on the radio show, and even I didn't want to read too far into it, but sitting everybody in the preseason, it seemed like to me, now I don't think this is necessarily an excuse, Zach, for the lack of poise, but the Seahawks intensity-wise, out of the gates, jumped out on the Broncos, and it didn't really, the Broncos weren't really able to get that second win until the third quarter, but all of Seattle's offensive damage by that point, Zach, had been done. Huerl, thank you, buddy. He says, I'm not surprised, just disappointed to have to hear Seahawks fans till we play them again. Nobody seems to know how uh, plays. Secondary was not good. And then Jamal Adams, uh, I don't know. But anyway, Zach, how much of that? Thank you, Huero. Love you, bud. How much of that do you think factors into this? 
Well, first of all, you know what? I got to take my medicine as well. I have a lot of Seahawks fans blowing up my, my DMs right now or my, my mentions, I should say, anyway. And you know what? I've been... I look like an idiot right now because I've been predicting a Broncos win, a, a handily Broncos victory for the longest time. And it's not just on the coaching staff chat. Can we talk about the defense, the players not doing their jobs, you know, playing soft. And I know it's on Evero for the scheme that he employed tonight. The pass rush was not there. Bradley Chubb came alive late, but where were the other playmakers? Where was anyone? Where was Simmons making a play? All I saw to Simmons was arm tackling Chad before he fell on that fumble. I mean, where was the tenacity? Where was the weight? Phillips defense, the attacking style defense that we were promised. And if you can't do that against Geno Smith, what are you going to do when you face better quarterbacks? Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, down and on and on the line. It was a sad showing. And if there was a must win game in week one, if the Broncos fancy themselves contenders and not pretenders, if this is a true new era in Broncos country, you have to beat the teams you're supposed to beat. And you should have beaten the Seahawks, but they didn't just lose to them. This might have been a one-point defeat. It feels like a 21-point loss. A four-point deficit, Chad, when the Broncos were behind, it felt like a 40-point hole. The more mm -hmm. things change, the more they stay the same. It's really pathetic. Hey, appreciate the super chats, guys, as it's coming in hot and heavy. Uh, we're going to give you the shout-outs that you deserve as those supers come in, like Rod TV, uh, Silent One jumping in right now with a very generous super saying, imagine hiring all rookie coordinators and head coach and then have the head coach blow off the entire preseason because he thinks he knows something that every coach before him that oh i know dude i know but you know what hey things always hindsight's 2020 right but again that was of everything about nathaniel hackett this offseason um the, the one thing that zach that stuck in my craw a little bit was like a dogged determination not to play anybody to that same point any of the first teamers in the preseason to, to that same point. If this would have been Nathaniel Hackett opting to do it in year two, and this is the first year he gets Russ, I'm probably not going to trip as hard about it, but still you have a new quarterback too. So many new, new moving pieces that I do think it plays a, a factor, at least in their first half performance. Sam M says, I'm so angry right now. Broncos beat themselves. Totally true. Ridiculous. Zach. But see, even if they would have played in the preseason, Chad, the Broncos lost this game largely because they can't cover a tight end. Will Disley turned into Tony Gonzalez against them once more. That happened in the 2018 yeah. opener as well. Yeah. And also the offensive line. When you don't invest in these positions year after year after year and you try to get by with manageable or passable, that's what happens. The O-line was dominated today. Russell Wilson was hit and hurried, couldn't step into any throw. Javante Williams is your leading receiver with 11 catches that's like four or five more than judy and Cortland sudden had combined enough with the dump offs enough with the screens but they can't do that because russ had no time to step up and when he did step up some of the balls looked underthrown; they were off target that's where the preseason chad the chemistry the familiarity everything we talked about leading up to this game for weeks and months comes into play but when you neglect inside linebacker and you have alex singleton in coverage down after down after down. When you take Baron Browning away from inside linebacker, put him at an OLB, and he's a non-factor tonight, by the way. He was close but no cigar. That's what happens. When you start Cam Fleming at right tackle, that's what happens. The Broncos, except for Garrett Bowles, do not have a first-round pick on their O-line, and it showed tonight. Patriot Tex, appreciate the super chat. Also, shout out Plum Bob. We see you, big dog. Patriot Tex, you demand. Uh, Master X 1907 says, why didn't we call a timeout with 58 seconds? 
Uh, do you got a magic eight ball, Zach, that probably has a better answer than what maybe Nathaniel Hackett? See, that's the downside to us doing the gut reactions immediately after the game is we're missing whatever Hackett's saying right now. But that's okay. That's what the aftermaths are for and everything else. But, Zach, how do you explain the clock management? Were they really always playing? I mean, towards the end of the game specifically. I mean, there was obviously a crap show with these delay of games. Like, Russ, that really surprised me. I got to tell you, that really surprised me as a veteran. And, I mean, a number of battles this dude's been in. That meant, I mean, to have it happen once, you're like, really, dude? To have it continuously happen, you're like, what is going on here? But did Nathaniel Hackett really say, hey, as long as we get to within 64 yards, we're good. Was that really the strategy? Like once they got to the, about this point, Master X is talking about the 58 second mark. It looked like a rookie head coach coaching his first game as a head coach. And um, the thing with the play calling in terms of the delay of games, it ha- two of them happened on the same drive. And that's with Russell Wilson playing in his former stadium where he should know how the cadences work and how loud the stadium gets. But when you don't snap the ball until one second left on the clock every single time, it allows the defense to tee off because they can time their jump off the snapchat. And we saw that happen tonight. All the pressure in Russell Wilson's face was because they were waiting over and over to snap the ball at one second. Hackett, I guess, was getting the play calls into Russ too late. He melted down today, Nathaniel Hackett did. He really was exposed as a rookie head coach. I don't even think Pete Carroll's all that good. I think he's a little on the wash side, but his savviness and his experience as a veteran coach really came out today. It was a um, bending over the barrel moment for Nathaniel Hackett. No doubt. But you know what? I liked a lot of his play calling. I'm not going to completely pan Nathaniel Hackett. Like there's, there's light at the end of the tunnel as embarrassing and ugly as tonight's loss was, especially a six and a half point road favorites. Like you come on now. Smith Corona says I'm embarrassed and disgusted. How are we going to compete in this division? Zach at the top of the show, you said you can't handle Geno Smith. Now let's keep this in perspective, okay? It's not like Geno dropped 30 on the Broncos. We're talking about 17 points, all of which came in the first half, okay? But if you can't make Geno Smith look like Geno Smith, what are you going to do against Patrick Mahomes and against Justin Herbert and even Derek Carr? Yeah, I mean, that's the question. I I would hope the Broncos rebound by beating the breaks off Davis Mills and the Texans in their home opener next week, but you got to make those adjustments. The pass rush was non-existent. You know, Bradley Chubb turns it on in the second half, but Randy Gregory, close but no cigar. Uh, Baron Browning, close but no cigar. Draymond Jones, uh, I didn't see him get any pressure on the quarterback. DJ Jones had an okay game as a run stuffer. Nick Benito, I I didn't see him at all. Did you notice him at all, Chad? He was a complete non-factor tonight so all those edge rushers and all for naught and you're playing just soft zone coverage you're not blitzing everyone on the coaching staff came up small and you're seeing why maybe it wasn't the greatest idea i know it's overreacting i'm going to regret this in the morning it's kind of like drinking this is tomorrow will be my hangover but maybe hiring all youthful coaches and not having at least one experienced guy could be uh, a detriment that's why i wanted wade phillips back man i would have wrote a blank check to pair nathaniel hackett with wade phillips but that's what the gut reaction episode is for. The gut reaction is, is our opportunity to work out the hormones. This is off the cuff. This is straight. This is us not like taking time to carefully uh, ponder our takes and uh, you know have our talking points ready to go. This is straight off the cuff, and I think this is why our community, this is their favorite episode in the, in the in-season cycle. This is their favorite one. Naj, legend, looking forward to seeing you in two weeks, bro. This is absolutely unbelievable. Pay the quarterback to take him off the field. I'm mortified 
and they made Smith look like Mahomes. Yes. I was just getting ready, literally, Zach. I was putting up a tweet going, all right, this is why Broncos just rolled out the Brinks truck for Russ. Yo, is that – what the heck? McManus? I get it. It was fourth and five. But, dude, you're going to trust Mc, – listen, McManus has never been good on the beyond 58s, all right? I think he's kind of been skiwampus and gets more credit than he deserves for anything 50 and over, all right? He'll make, he'll make some, but he misses a lot too. Anytime the Broncos have tried one of these weird from 60 on with him, it's never – he doesn't make them, dude. He just can't make them. We're not talking about Matt Prater here. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Is that? Yeah, there's so much to unpack, and I'm so fired up because we waited months, six months after the Russell Wilson trade to see the finished product. And a lot of us thought it would be not an easy win, but a win nonetheless. And to come out like that and just crap the bed so pathetically uh, is, is shocking to me. But to the point about making Gino look like Patrick Mahomes, it's because the, it almost seemed like the game was too big for all of them. The players and the coaches included, they came up really small. They seemed intimidated by the crowd noise, Chad. It's just like they, they had those jitters and I understand it in the first snap, the first minute, the first quarter, but when it's the entire game, it's like, come on, nut up and play some football, play some grown man football, go out and beat your man. I don't want to hear about scheme. I don't want to hear about analytics. It comes down to beating your guy one-on-one. It's something Scott and I really share a brain on, and the Broncos rarely, if at any time tonight, did that. Love this right now. We got so many of our legends in the stream. We got a, almost 1,500 Broncos fans in this room with us live across all platforms. D-Dub, legend, with a very generous super, says this isn't a game, not a game we could afford to lose. Blame to go all the way around the locker room. The talent is obvious. The mistakes by players and coaches, far too many. Special teams are special indeed. Delay of games, fumbles, penalties. Uh, yeah, and that's the other thing. Good point there, D-Dub. What happened to Montreal Washington? Uh, dude looked, looked like, yes, he looked like someone had a gun to his grandmother's head or something. Like he was being <laughs> blackmailed. If you get the ball past the 15, dude, you don't want to contemplate what's going to happen 
that's what it seemed like. And then, of course, other than that, you know, the coverage teams were okay. But then, of course, chips are down. McManus, I've always hated the term, the, 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 the moniker for him, the nickname McMoney. I'm sorry, dude. He was not, to me, he's never been money. All right, Jess, good to see you, bro. Yes, coaching. Yeah, I think the special teams, it's a shout, theme sorry, that can... Shout out, Mike. Mike's been throwing down stars. I didn't mean to cut you off, Zach, but just quick shout out to Mike as you were. It's a theme that continued throughout training camp in the preseason where special teams look like far and away the best side of the football. And there were no, you know, major uh, positives today, but there were no major glaring negatives either. I thought Dwayne Stukes in his first game uh, outshined uh, Hackett, Justin Outen, and Ejiro Evero. Yes, indeed. I want to grab but... I want to grab one or two more. We got a couple of matters of business to get to, but uh, Eric says weak, undisciplined, sloppy, fricking play and coaching. Can't deny it. Can't pick it. Can't pick any nits in that dude. I really can't. Um, it was kind of cool though. And somewhat poetic Zach to see that Russell Wilson's first touchdown pass as a Bronco went to the guy who couldn't find the end zone last year, Jerry Judy. I think that's why, you know, the, he, he's the tide of, he's a franchise quarterback. He's the tide that raises all ships. You give this team some time across some sample size to kind of work out its issues and, you know, this is probably going to be a lot closer to what it looked like early on for the 2012 Broncos when Peyton got here. There were some serious transitional and growing pains. By about week five, week six, they turned it on and won 11 games and, you know, never looked back. Now, doesn't guarantee that's what's going to happen here, Zach, but this is a, if anything, I'm glad it happened now. If, if you're going to get that big disappointment game, let get it out of the way now and like remind everybody, stop reading your own press clippings. Stop thinking that the road to the Super Bowl is paved with uh, orange and blue because the Broncos acquired Russell Wilson via trade. What's up, KB? Good to see you. Pass, uh, pass rush, he says, came too little too late. Yes, but I was glad, Zach, to see Bradley Chubb get two, one of which was in crunch time rarely have we ever seen like all the sacks we saw from Chubb as a rookie and then whatever has kind of matriculated through uh, since then they're rarely in, in crunch time when the chips were down Chubb that was really for me encouraging to see and to your point about Peyton I just feel like when he came there John Fox was already a grizzled coach and he was a little way more ahead of the curve than Nathaniel Hackett so the coaching is always I'm telling you guys you think it's just a t-shirt or a slogan but it really makes the difference here and you can have the quarterback you can have the personnel but when the coaching comes up that short that's the end result it really is uh, uh sad here we have a very salient point from Mark Rich gotta keep Nick Kendall from attending Broncos games He's 0-7, LOL. He was there tonight. And, yes, we do appreciate you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get rid of that banner real quick, Scott. Um, we do appreciate you trying to lighten the mood. But, Zach, I brought this point up to you earlier today. You sent me back the emoji with, like, the zipper face. Like, zip it, dude. I don't want to hear it. But it's true. Nick was in attendance. And surprise, surprise, Broncos lost. Yeah, I mean, it's it's – Whatever. I mean, we could talk about the fact that maybe I curse the Broncos, Chad. If they win the Super Bowl, I come on the beat. They haven't had a winning record except for one year. Haven't been back to the playoffs. But, you know, Nick or I, we weren't the reason why. Eric Saubert, by the way, dropped that pass in the end zone. Should have caught that. Had both hands on it. It was a dime by Russell Wilson. Couldn't help the fact that Javante and Melvin fumbled in the red zone into the end zone. When does that ever happen? Judy dropped a pass in crunch time. The ball literally and figuratively was not bouncing the Broncos' way. Look at Bradley up sack chad he forced a, a strip sack and then it fell right back into gino's lap or an offensive lineman's lap it just wasn't mm -hmm. their night tonight 
EJ with another baller super chat. Thank you, buddy. Thank Says you. the entire team was soft. The defense was mostly a no show. I think they had two sacks on in two pressures, but the worst was the execution and the refusal to not use timeouts. Lost for words. I wouldn't be too hard on the defense because they really did stiffen up. What what adjustments that were made uh, at halftime by Coach Evero? It was. I mean, they they kept the Seahawks in check. Like the defense did what it was supposed to do limited the opponent to 17 points, kept giving the ball back to Russ and company in the second half. But every time Denver got close, man, 0 for 4 in the red zone, Zach. First team since 1987 to have two lost fumbles on the one-yard line in the same game. That was a long time ago, dude. That was a long time ago. Yeah, Mike Boone for RB1. Can we get that movement going? At least he didn't fumble tonight. <laughs> I, it, it was just an off night completely. I mean, you can question the play calling. Like, for example, why are the Broncos running out of shotgun, especially when it didn't work the first time? It's something that I hated with a capital H about Pat Shermer, and yet Nathaniel Hackett decided to do that with Russell Wilson, Javante, and Melvin Gordon. It just was bad coaching all the way around. No other excuse for it. And uh, in terms of the defense, it was too little too late, but Alex Singleton, Chad, was continually exposed. Rashad Penny, when they needed a big run, uh, he made a big run. When Gino had to make a pass, they made a pass. Kareem Jackson was a liability. The penalties, the undisciplined nature, the lack of uh, gap responsibility assignment, it all came out tonight. It was a total team effort in this defeat. Lots, lots, lots more to get to tonight, guys, I assure you. Uh, but what comes next for the Broncos? Well, a game against the Texans. The next game on the schedule, it's going to be Chargers-Chiefs, AFC West battle Thursday night. It's a doubleheader, too, with the Tennessee and Buffalo. Uh, Tennessee at Buffalo and then Minnesota at Philly. So be prepared for your winning season at my bookie. Some like to bet to earn. Some bet to make season, the, the actual NFL season all that more interesting, kind of like fantasy football. Either way. My bookie gives you the most for your money with a double deposit bonus. It's quick and easy. $250 deposit puts 500 bucks in your account instantly, and you can use your funds act to bet on as many games, contests, and props as you want. Hey, guys, to claim your bonus, register today and use promo code Wilson designed to add more excitement to the games and the sports you love. That's promo code Wilson to double your money up to a thousand bucks with my bookie. It's only week two of the NFL season, which means there's still plenty of time to get in on the action. Don't miss out. Beginning your winning season today exclusively at my bookie. All right. Um, back to the chat. Guys, listen, it's going to be OK. All right. I don't want everybody like running full tilt to the uh, cliff. It's going to be okay. You're going to need your teeth. All right. You got things like smiling. You got things like chewing food. Don't bust them out with the knee jerking, but we're here. All right. To exercise the demons. We're here to help you get it off your chest. So keep it coming. Raymond says, what is up? My guys, a tough loss. Great to hear from you after this one come tomorrow. Let's ride. That's right. We're working out. We're working out the hormones tonight. All right. We're commiserating together. And as your football priest, like I said, we're here to help you get it off your chest. All right. Uh, unburden your soul. That's what we're here for, Zach. You know, I, I might be calmer tomorrow on the Aftermath episode, Chad, and on the radio, but every point I made tonight will be salient tomorrow as well. Criticizing the the time management, criticizing the play calling, criticizing the, the lack of, it seemed, preparation or want to, passion, discipline, all of that. That came out. That's on tape. That's legitimate. It's not in theory. It's reality. So I'm going to feel the same way tomorrow. It's a tough pill to swallow. 
after all the weight, all the hype, primetime game, you lose like that in front of a national worldwide audience, in fact, and you're going on a short week now to your home opener. Just takes the wind out of your sails. Stir King, 31. Appreciate you, buddy. He says, wow, that was the worst clock management in the history of the game. It was shockingly bad. Not just the end of game sequence, but Russell Wilson. Now, I get it. It was loud. I mean, the 12s took their head coach's call to action. Obviously, Zach, quite to heart. It was loud, dude. And I know that played a part, but does it when you've got 113 victories, 113 victories, no quarterback in NFL history won more games total, Zach, through his first 10 years in Russell Wilson. Did that? Do you not expect more from your quarterback than that many delay of games and just weird stuff at the, at the end, as you said, where you had O-line guys like looking back going, dude, are we snapping this thing? And then their eye is not on the ball when it snapped and the delays. It was ugly. There was no redeeming quality about the OL play tonight. Maybe Cushionberry, even though there was a lot of um, inside pressure as well. But Garrett Bowles went back to bad Garrett. Cam Fleming was Cam Fleming. The Broncos lost Quinn Miners to a hamstring injury. So Graham Glasgow, who's a downgrade, had to step in. But if if we want any explanation as to how bad the decision was to take out Russ and go for that field goal, this is from P. Carroll. That's a quote that came out at the at the end of the game um, from Ari Myrov, Ari Myrov, my sports update on Twitter. Pete Carroll said, quote, I was surprised they took Russ out at the end. We weren't mm-hmm. thinking field goal there. We were thinking they were going. It gave us a chance to win the game on that play. Very fortunate there. So yep. in other words, you got punked, Hackett. You punked Joke's yourself. You. you punked yourself. Right. That's the worst part about it is when you punk yourself. You just paid all that money to Russell Wilson, fourth and five. And before they decided to just let the clock run down, Zach, you still had whatever it was, 28 or 30 seconds, somewhere in there where you yeah. call the timeout. You you circle back. You decide what you want to do. And you put the money on the dude with whom the franchise's hopes and destinies have been invested. Brandon McManus, I'm sorry. You need him to hit the 39-yarder in the first quarter. He'll hit it. You need him to hit the 43-yarder in the second quarter. He'll hit that. You need him to hit a 50-yarder in the third quarter. He'll hit that. But when the game is on the line and you need some kind of a historical distance ball, every time, dude, he, it, he just misses those. He just does. Why doesn't Hackett know that? Why doesn't Dwayne Stukes know that? And you and I know that. I don't understand. 19 EHF, thank you, bro. He says, it's week one. It's okay. Just have to get back into rhythm. Broncos, he says, still winning the AFC West or at least second. If we're in overreaction, gut reaction episode, winning the West, look what the Chiefs did to the Cardinals. They just took them apart, absolutely obliterated them in Arizona. And there's still, I think, a gap between the Broncos and the Chiefs. A lot of football left to be played, a lot of season to go, but the Broncos have to make some major improvements because tonight was far, far, far from the standard. And Chad, uh, Nathaniel Hackett explained about the field goal attempt. I'm just going through the quotes on Twitter as we get into this, but he said he feels like it gave them the best chance to win. (laughs) <laughs> and then, and then, and in other words, I'm paraphrasing. And then he took responsibility for the gaffes and he pulled a Tom McMahon, gave me s- severe PTSD. He uh-huh. said, it's on me. 
It doesn't uh, do a lot for me, Nate. You know, when it's, what was it, fourth and five mm. or fourth and seven, Chad, when they tried the Fourth field and field. five. Fourth and five. So that means you don't trust your offense enough. The one that you hand-built and handcrafted with the quarterback that you traded for and gave $250 million to, you don't trust that offense and that quarterback to pick up five yards with the game on the line? What message does that send? Not a good one. This is what I'm telling you, and thank you, EJ, for the third big baller super of the night. Thank he you. says, 100% agree with Chad. McMoney is a huge misnomer. He's average at best. I I always bristle when I hear someone like tonight, Joe Buck, say, Brandon McManus, one of the best in the league. I go, nah, no. <laughs> He'll hit them in the first, second, and third quarter. But he's a guy that when the chips are down, flip a coin. That's th Those are your odds with him. Flip a coin. When the chips are down. It is what it is. Uh, gave us the best chance to win. Now, as someone who's uh, covered Denver for a long, long time and been a Broncos fan since, uh, you know, I was knee-high to a grasshopper, I remember John Fox using that phrase quite a lot when he was explaining why he kept rolling Kyle Orton out there instead of Tim Tebow. Gives us the best chance to win. <clears throat> it's always, always one of the worst things you should ever want to hear from a head coach because it is straight uh, obvious. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Station. It is straight. Follow the bouncing ball. You know, what do they call that? The, the, the P game where there's three cups and the P is under one of the cups and then the guy does this and you try to follow it and then you guess which one. It's like that. That's what they're trying to do when they throw the uh, he gave us the best chance to win stuff. Jacob Foster, the silent one, being not so silent tonight, throwing down some stars. Thank you, big dog. Good to see you on Facebook, my friend. The only um, P I, I saw tonight, Chad, real quick, was the yeah. P dribbling down the Broncos' legs because they <laughs> – just wet the bed, whatever cliche you want to use. And Hackett came out and said uh, they had a better chance of making it from 64 than picking up five to six yards on fourth down. They felt they weren't moving the ball as well on that final drive. I mean, that's like the Josh McDaniels school of player mismanagement. Yep. All these messages you're sending and then to put McManus in that situation, I'm not faulting him, Chad, for missing a 64-yard attempt. I think he's above average. I think he's a good but not great kicker. But that's yeah, horrible. I'll say that. I'll say that. 
to toy with his confidence and then put the game on him with a 64-yard attempt. Horrible coaching all the way around. Definitely bad. Definitely bad coaching. Definitely bad coaching. But you should know that in those situations, your kicker, it's flip a coin. So you went to all that effort, all the game planning, all the weeks and months of anticipation and all that. You decided to bet it on a coin flip, basically, is what you did as a head coach. You're telling us that's how smart you are? Need more from you, coach. Step your game up. Robert Otteson, thank you, buddy, says maybe the coach should have had the starters play a few sets of downs in the preseason. I agree with this. I'm sorry. I've agreed with this sentiment from the beginning. I'm not saying expose them. I'm not even saying go old school and in the dress rehearsal have them play uh, into the first possession of the third quarter like teams used to do for a long, long time. But something, because they were quite clearly rusty. And it wasn't so much – I do think there was a an obvious intensity um, gap in the first half, Zach, but it was more about just like game speed stuff and situational awareness and just stuff that is like – you guys are practicing, right? Okay, well, you're practicing. Turns out the preseason games, maybe you should have used them for the opportunities that they were. But he didn't want to get hurt, right? Didn't want anyone getting hurt. What's up, Howie? Uh, didn't want anyone getting hurt. How'd it go tonight? How'd we do, Zach, your memory in terms of injuries? Did the Broncos pretty unscathed? And what was up with Graham Glasgow? It was just minors, I believe. I didn't see um, – I saw a report that the trainers were working on Wilson's ankle early, early in the game, but obviously it didn't affect him more. Maybe it did, and we'll come to find that out. But, yeah, Quinn Miners has a hamstring. I don't know the severity of it. He was ruled out pretty quickly, and those injuries are, are awful. Scott and I talked about that, that they're worse than calf injuries. They're, they're really bad for any player because they linger. They're so hard to rehab and come back from. So it could be Graham Glasgow at right guard going forward, and that's a downgrade. It really is. I, I like Miners a lot. I'm not a big fan of Glasgow, but the entire O-line got punked today. And, you know, it's all hindsight now, and it's uh, it's a matter of speculation and debate as to whether they should have played them in preseason, if it would have mattered tonight. But if you need to play a preseason game to know when to kick a 64-yard field goal or when to call timeout or how to tackle – or how to not give the ball to a annual fumbler like Melvin Gordon in a big spot, you have bigger problems. This was just a letdown on epic proportions, and I don't think if they would have played every preseason game with all the starters 100%, it wouldn't matter with the the game plan or lack thereof they had tonight. Indeed. Andre Williams, thank you for the super chat. I can't believe, says Andre, the disappointment tonight. Two turnovers in the red zone, inside the 10. Penalties, ridiculous. The drop pass on third, was it third down? Or was it, no, second down by Jerry Judy, but in the four-minute offense. Broncos country, let's ride when they show us they can drive. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. If someone says, hey, let's ride, I'm going to say, can you operate this vehicle before I make that decision? I need to know. It's probably pertinent information and crucial to this decision. Yeah, it's like, you know, you love Chris. Thank you. I'm sorry to cut you off, Chad. It was like, you know, you have to walk – crawl before you can walk you have to drive before you can ride and the broncos they have a ways to go before they get to the broncos country let's ride we shall see chris says man up or wait actually what did he say the chat already jumped in that gummit i'll find you he says man that was ugly is what he said promising moments but just gross yeah let's just real quick all right what were some of the promising moments zach what what give me one or two things that, that was encouraging <laughs> honestly like the play calling on hackett's part like 
outside the 20s, I thought it was a massive improvement. I can't remember the Broncos playing that fast since the Peyton years. So I love some of the play calls and designs that he went with. I love the fact they're using Javante Williams as a pass catcher. And how about Andrew Beck as Broncos tight end one? Where did that come from? So I, I do like some of the elements of the passing offense and the offensive design. The defense, I mean, what can I really say about them? I, I think Patrick Sertan had a decent game today. Simmons was a non-factor. The edge rushers, not named Bradley Chubb, were non-factors, and he took until the second half to get going. I don't honestly take many positives out of this one. I really don't. I'll, I'll say this. It's been a long time since I've seen an actual screenplay executed with right. competency. It was nice seeing that. Eventually, Seattle got wise to it because they were overusing it. But it was nice to see that early. I loved seeing Chubb pop when you needed him in the second half. I love seeing Randy Gregory force a fumble. Um, I love seeing Cortland Sutton get involved. I love seeing Jerry Judy. Pat Sertan, if he can figure out how to be more of a, a more productive on the ball, then quarterbacks will really start uh, start going away from him. Geno Smith kept going to him because it would be a completion for four yards or a completion for five yards. As soon as he starts, you know, getting his hand on that ball and it gets popped up, I don't care if it's Justin Simmons picks it off, but those type of things that make quarterbacks think twice, it's going to really play into Denver's hands. There was enough there that I don't think Broncos fans should be like running as fast as you can for the cliff. Pump the brakes. It's going to be okay. Snarky says those late snaps, yikes, makes it easy for the rush to key off. Yes, it does. But you know what? It also has another effect, and this is probably why Russ was doing it. It's the same thing for Peyton Manning, is because it forces the defense, if it's going to rotate and do anything at the, you know, try same thing. We know when you're going to go, and now you know where, uh, when we're going to go, etc. It's kind of that, but what are you really giving up in terms of strategy? What are you giving up in terms of you're allowing them to tee off? Yeah, the, we'll, we'll get more into that, but the queen throwing down tonight, Zach. Yes, sir. Thank you so much, Christy. $20 super. Uh, it's great to see you as always. The pod is not the pod without the queen's blessing. Uh, Christy says hard game to watch tonight. Messy, tough all around, but we will come back. Got to keep heads up. Even when we are down football is back. Yeah. It's still a long season. Uh, 17 more weeks to go. And the Broncos have uh, another easier opponent in Houston coming to town next week. Uh, a game the Broncos should win, but nothing, nothing going forward can be taken for granted. But we have to keep optimism, but also uh, objectivism as well. It's not a word, but I'm going to roll with it anyway, because we have to call a spade a spade, Chad. We have to recognize where the Broncos went wrong tonight and where the Broncos went right. One more positive I want to add really quickly. Jerry Judy had more yards in this mm -hmm. game than he had all season and more touchdowns in this game than he had, had all of last year. One. How sad is that? Agreed. Agreed. Lots more that we got to get to tonight, and we shall. It shall be done. Um, guys, we're, we're, this is probably one of those streams where we might go a little over the 60-minute mark um, because we want to hear from you. We got a lot of Super Chats stacked up, so just bear with us here because we got to say what's up to one of our favorite supporters of this podcast, and that is Manscaped, who is just like us, celebrating that football is back and they're doing so with Manscaped's state-of-the-art tech that'll have your, you know what, looking more, uh, a lot more impressive, let's just say, than the AFC West. Football may be rough, but you know what? When it comes to your grooming, doesn't care. And you got to be on point always with Manscaped. Join the 6 million dudes worldwide, including Zach and myself. 
Scott, everybody at MHH who trusts Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20%. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Now, plus free shipping when you use our code MHH. Yeah, this has got to be a Super Bowl winning roster, but don't take our word for it. Go to manscaped.com and get 20% off and use free shipping with the code MHH. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the code MHH. Manscaped for turning your player into an MVP. And Chad, I can say I'm going to need some of the Manscaped cologne that we both went (laughs) through because I am sweating right now. I probably don't (laughs) smell good, but I am fired up to talk about this abominable Broncos loss. Ooh, nice. That's our word of the day today. I had to make up for objectivism. Hey, you know what? (laughs) Sometimes the hormones, just like when you're 13, when you're working the hormones out, you're not thinking too straight. You know what I'm trying to say? EJ, what's good, brother? With number four baller super chat of the night. O-line and D-line, says EJ, are average at best. Sadly, tonight showed that this roster is farther away than any of us wanted to acknowledge, myself included. I'm now hoping for 500. You're going to get better than 500, bro. Trust me on this. All right, I'm still going to stand up here and tell you, Russ, and remind everybody, Russell Wilson has missed the playoffs twice. One of those times, he was injured, all right, missed three games. Pump the brakes a little bit. This is going to be some cold, hard reminders, some cold, hard reality checks, mainly, I think, Zach, for the coaching staff. Russ was in a tight sitch, and as much as he wants to talk about the neutral mindset, he's a human being. All right, so who knows how much he was going through in terms of the return to Seattle, playing at, I, I always want to call it the clink, but playing at Lumen Field um, with everyone booing him. And it was loud as H-E double hockey sticks. Zach, it was freaking loud. Seattle Seahawks fans brought it tonight. They played a big part in why their team won that game because in all the critical moments, 
goal line stuff, third down in the crunch time at the end of the game. They made it extremely hard on this offense who'd been doing a lot of sitting on its butt during the preseason. Suddenly now they're having to think on their feet. The pressure's on. Lights are on. Hey, there's a TV camera. Let's execute. Made it very hard on them. So credit to the, to the salty Seahawks fans who are going to be trying to take a victory lap. Let them. Let them because that was their Super Bowl. That was Seattle's Super Bowl. If only the Broncos had a quarterback that knew what it was to play in Seattle for 10 years, you know, that would have been a boon <laughs> for their chances. But, uh, you know, one delay of game is understandable. It is a very loud uh, uh, stadium and credit to the Seahawks fans, credit to the Seahawks players. All of them wanted this game more than the Broncos, but to have two delay game penalties on the same drive and then every single pass play, get the ball off with one second left. And again, tipping the defense off as to when they should get on their rush and uh, uh, time the snap. It should, it, it can't happen. And what also can't happen, Chad, um, According to Eric Dalala of the Broncos' official website, Brandon McManus told reporters he didn't know that the Broncos were going to send him out to kick, but mm. he said they made it to the line. He needed to have a chance to make the kick. So what it says to me is it was a last-second impulsive decision by Nathaniel Hackett, and he got scared. He didn't trust Russell Wilson enough. He didn't trust his own play calling enough to pick up five yards with the game on the line. It's true. How do you, how do you rebut that? You know, when it comes to the NFL, whether it's a GM or a head coach or a player for that matter, but specifically the brain trust people, if you want to really communicate with these people and understand what they're trying to say, it's what they do. It's not what they say. It's what they do. And what Nathaniel Hackett communicated to every Broncos fan under the sun was when the chips were down. Well, we can always question why, but when those chips were down, Zach, he opted to put his trust in a 64-yard kick by by uh, Brandon McManus instead of his quarterback. Corey H., thank you, bro. Good to see you. Horrible defense, horrible coaching, horrible O-line, almost nothing good. If I was the owner, I'd demand an explanation immediately. Horrid start, horrid start to finish. At least the Broncos have an owner now, so this comment makes sense. I mean, they got that going for them, which is nice. Yeah, and you know what I hate about the field goal attempt, too? It just... Even though Hackett took accountability and responsibility, it's pretty much putting it all on McManus. I mean, literally, the game was on his foot, a 64-yard attempt, because Hackett was too scared to go forward on fourth and five. Um, I do disagree a little bit with the previous comment. I understand the overreaction. I understand how sick to your stomach you guys are, and you should be after that game. I, I don't see a 500 team, though. I see a team that hopefully will learn from this, uh, apply this loss to their future games, and get better from it. I still see a 10-11 win team. That hasn't wavered for me. I, I see a lot of rookie mistakes on the coaching level. And on one hand, you go, well, what do you expect? They are rookies. All the main key coaches, every one of them serving in his respective position from head coach to all three coordinators for the first time. But you figure, well, no. There's enough veteran wherewithal in the presence of a franchise quarterback to kind of mitigate some of that stuff. But you know what? The franchise quarterback can't necessarily control if the head coach is going to pull him off the field and take the ball out of his hands when the chips are down. Defies explanation. It defi Now, if you were at 39 yards, Zach, do it. I don't care. It's fourth right. down. If you were at 50 yards, 53, 54, 55, 56 even, take the chance. Okay, I would totally not even be like questioning him. Honest to God. 
64 yards, you take the ball out of Russell Wilson's hands. I get it. It was fourth and five, Zach. 64-yard kick. GLP, what's up, bro? Good to see you. He says, I'm dumbfounded, really disappointed in the coaching, but go Broncos and let's ride. Yeah, we're riding if we can trust that they know how to drive. That's one. I think that might be my favorite uh, comment on the Super Chats tonight. Richard, across the pond. Uh, Deutschland, right? If I remember right, uh, he says red zone fumbles. This was just stupid. Malachi Smith, another longtime member of our community. We have missed you, Malachi. Where you been, big dog? I really feel like this is on the staff for a light training camp. I agree that that played some role in this. I'm not going to hang it all on that, but I agree it played some role, Malachi. That might have been Vic level game management at the end of the game. The defense has to get better. Need a better red zone offensive plan, Zach. See, that's why I push back against the the narrative that a soft training camp or lack of preseason hurt the Broncos because Vic Fangio had the toughest practices. Uh, as far as I remember, Chad, he played his starters in a preseason, and the same result happened. It comes down to coaching. It's not rocket science. You either know when to call a timeout, when to kick a field goal, when to go forward, or you don't. It's coaching 101. So all of these are excuses uh, that's deferring the blame away from Hackett, just forgetting his duties and, uh, and just um, – What's the expression, Chad? Uh, shirking them, I believe it's called. Uh, shirking it's his called, responsibilities. It's called crapping the bed, I that believe, is, is what it's called. But you that know what? Too. Here's what's so frustrating. Shiloh, thank you, bro. He says, blaming this loss on not playing in the preseason. It's just a low-hanging fruit. Yes. Come on, game. We can do better than that. They played well enough, Zach, in the second half to overcome. Even if we, we were to say the whole preseason thing was the reason that the Seahawks got out to a, a 17 10 or was it 17 13 halftime lead we'll just say that yeah that's what it was it was all the preseason that was the only reason well guess what the defense bounced back were they perfect in the second half no but they bounced back kept seattle from putting up hanging more points on them got a takeaway a uh, couple of takeaways in the game uh no one game and one takeaway in the game and kept getting the ball back kept giving russ and, and nathaniel hackett opportunities so I think they actually outplayed that limitation. I had, I think it, it did have some sort of an effect on, on their energy and intensity and uh, game uh, endurance and all that early on. But like I said on the radio show today, Zach, when they get their second wind, that's when you should be able to see the talent discrepancy between these two teams separate. Well, unfortunately, they did get their second wind, and so that was good to see. You didn't see all of a sudden this shining orange and blue star rising above the Emerald City. That's not what happened. Taryn, what was Hackett thinking with a 64-yard field? Dude, you know what? If you – who knows? I don't know. I think he just got scared, frankly. I think he thought, you know what? I'm afraid to lose this game, even though they were losing from almost the very beginning. You got to trust – Peyton Manning, Zach, would he have allowed himself to be taken off that freaking field? I don't think so. Like, at a certain point, too, I'm going, Russ, you realize that was that was going to be a 64-yard kick. Like, we should have maybe seen some shots from the camera, like, of Russ doing this and some primal gesticulation on the sideline in front of Nathaniel Hackett's face, making it clear, keep me on the grass, dude. But by that point, it was – they had already, like, ran the clock down to what was it? I mean, 20 seconds or something like that. So – it was neither here nor there by that point in terms of like how much, but you still, you still would have had enough time, Zach, to go for it. And if you got it with Russ, right, one more pass out of bounds. And then now you got McManus kicking from 
you know, 54 or 46 or whatever. See, you keep comparing Peyton to Russell Wilson, and I'm a big Russ fan, but he's nowhere near the quarterback Peyton Manning was. Peyton Manning was another level. He was a head coach, play caller, GM, and quarterback on the field, and Russell Wilson is, is just not up to that task. Uh, so that's where they're always going to fall short if we're expecting Peyton Manning-type uh, outcomes. Hackett told you what he was thinking. He said it gave him a better chance to win kicking a 64-yard field goal than going forward on fourth and five with your 200 quarter billion dollar quarterback. That's what he was thinking. But what he didn't say was what Chad just said. I was too scared. I didn't trust my offense and I didn't trust myself enough to make five measly yards in crunch time. Okay, maybe you weren't moving the ball that well on the drive. Okay, cool. But trust that your quarterback when that he can find a way. Uh, Makua Harvey throwing down. Thank you. Broncos country. Let's or no hack it. Feel like Chris rock without Hackett slapped the fan bases in the face by sitting the 400 plus yard offense from winning the game. 245 million for a QB. We sit the last drive. Yeah. For what it's worth game, the Denver Broncos offense produced 433 total yards. All right. They went 53% on third down. That's a good, is it a great? No. Is it a good conversion percentage? Yes, it's a good one. Horrendous in the red zone, 0 for 4, uh, and then 0 for 3 with goal to go. That's all terrible. 103 rushing yards, playing from behind the whole time. That should give you some hope, too. Uh, and they took them off the field when the chips were down. I would say charge it to the game, Zach, but it's just too much of a cop-out. Like Nathaniel Hackett deserves to feel the heat on this one. I'm sorry. I don't care about the yardage. The Broncos lost the game. That's what I care about. They scored 16 points. They were averaging, I think, 20 under the Vic Fangio-Pat Shermer uh, duo. So if they can't even, you know, broach that barrier and cross that, I mean, with Russell Wilson and the talent they have, I mean, you can tell, Chad, this is a game they really missed Tim Patrick, especially in the red zone. Not having that sure pair of hands, not having his catch radius, him being a safety blanket. There's no one on the Broncos offense that can really do what Tim Patrick does because he is so reliable. That's why they were checking it down constantly uh, to Javante Williams. But I will say, I was shaking my head earlier. I didn't mean to shake my head at you if it came off that way, but I was thinking to myself, you know, the Broncos could have used some OL help in this game. They could have used an inside linebacker. Uh, they could have used maybe some better uh, defensive play overall. Good thing they got that pass rusher in the second round. Good thing they took that tight end in the third who's uh, not going to play for four or five more weeks. Got to mm-hmm. wonder what could have been. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. We are at the 51-minute mark. We're going to wrap – oops, sorry, throw that one back up, Scott. We're going to rapid-fire some supers. EJ, number five, big baller super chat tonight. Love you, big dog. Thank you, EJ. The entire team was soft. The defense, mostly a no-show. I think they had two sacks on in two pressures. Uh, worst was the execution refusal not to use timeouts. Yeah, I think we grabbed that one, by the way. So four big ballers. Naj with a number two big baller super says, the special teams, just deplorable. Why did they not kick off out of the end zone? Those guys started at 30 every drive, and how about running it from the shotgun from, one, uh, from the one multiple times? Why do we have four tight ends? I feel you on that. But here's let me give you some perspective real quick. Now you got to keep in mind, I'm this is the gut reaction. This is our chance to to work out the hormones and whatnot, get things off our chest. But I'm an optimistic, glass half full guy. And Zach, you brought up all the king's horses, all the king's men, all these upgrades, and the Broncos only got 16 points on the board. Well, let me just tell you though, if they even get go two for four 
in the red zone. What are we looking at here? We're looking at a 30 to 17 win. If they only go 50%. If. I know ifs and buts were candy and nuts. We all would have a Merry Christmas. I know that did not happen tonight. But what I'm helping you understand is they were in position to do that. Squandered, yes. Charge it to the first game jitters. Charge it to the, hey, it's going to take a little bit of time. Get all on the same page. That's more where I'm inclined mindset-wise, Zach, to go with this is don't panic yet. Do you excuse it? No. But don't panic because there were you saw the potential of what this team could be. Again, 433 yards. If they convert only two of those 0 for 4 in the red zones, it's a 30-point 30 30 game and they win this going away. Yeah, potential isn't anything until it's applied. You know, I mean, they can have all the potential in the world. They can be paper champions, but the game's not played in paper. It's played on the field, and the Broncos, quite frankly, in multiple facets, got their asses kicked tonight, for, really from start to finish. And I had a bad omen about it when Billy Turner was ruled out out of at the last second. We talked about that on the radio today, Chad. Having Cameron Fleming at right tackle, then losing your right guard, and the defense not getting any pressure. As soon as in the beginning of the game, Geno Smith started making plays like he was a godly quarterback, mm -hmm. I was like, this can't go that well. But I did not think it would last. And then to yep. culminate with a 64-yard try on fourth and five and not send your offense out there to the point that you have the opposing head coach thanking you for that decision. <laughs> I'm reminded, Zach, of that Houston game with VJ. Remember that? Where Bill O'Brien. Oh, yeah. Bill O'Brien, right? Yeah. Bill O'Brien across the field saying, uh, <laughs> good, good call or thank you, right. Vance Joseph or whatever. You know, I'm reminded of that buffoonery. Shulia, what's up? Good shout. He says, uh, we're fine. I think the defense focused on the run and Pete Carroll decided to throw a lot. Well, yeah, because he's savvier than he was given credit going into this. Uh, Melvin loses games. Judy has to catch that easy first down. Doesn't matter. He went over 100 yards. I'm not going to be too hard on Judy, but I feel you. I feel you. It's like the good teams, and I tweeted about this, Zach, but bad teams find themselves slave to Murphy's Law. And what is Murphy's Law? What could go wrong? Will go wrong, right? That's Murphy's Law. Bad teams find themselves as slave to Murphy's Law. The good teams, they are completely oblivious to and 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 the and the law itself they're impervious to it because they're out there to chop wood they just get it done and this is a team does this mean the broncos are bad where they continued to fall prey to murphy's law tonight where it could go wrong it went wrong i don't think so it's not a great harbinger it's not a great omen but again i am more inclined this early all right to charge it more to first-game jitters and all the weird emotions of Russ returning to Seattle off the bat. Nathaniel Hackett still learning on the job a little bit. That's going to happen. Let's see what let's see what shape this, ta this team takes, what form it takes in Week 2. KB, McManus even missed the warm-up kick when Pete tried to freeze, and they should have. Exactly. They should have sent Russ back out when he missed that. I agree. Yeah, you know, you talk about Murphy's Law, though, and I just feel like, my own opinion, good teams, great teams can overcome Murphy's Law. Good teams Agreed. will find a win, to, will find a way to win. Kind of like in the Belichick year. Sorry, Chad? I was just saying, sorry, even if it's ugly, they find a way, make a way. Exactly, and it's it's not just that you lose, but when you let Will Disley run <laughs> wide open, wide open, that's beyond Murphy's Law. That's not being good enough. That's not winning your one-on-ones. And that's just a uh, a blown coverage and a blown coaching. That's what it comes down to. RD, 
north of the 49th parallel. Appreciate that. Proving Broncos country is not a geographic location. It is, in fact, a state of being. RD says, Zach, over 400 yards of offense and 21st downs. Execution was bad, but this was still 10 times better in the last few years. We actually had sustained drives. Coaching should be able to fix the penalties in the red zone. Woes. It was game one. I overall agree with this. Should. That's the operative word. Will it happen? We'll see. We'll see what kind what what Nathaniel Hackett's really made of. We'll see. Because should and will are two different things. So the coaching that lost the Broncos the game is going to fix the penalties and the mistakes from this game. If anyone should look in the mirror and blame themselves, it's Nathaniel Hackett. And he did it through the media, but I hope he does it privately. When he goes home, he stands in his bathroom and says, Nate, you were not good enough. You came up small, and you'll have to get better and grow from it. Uh, There were elements to the offense and his play calling I really liked, but his red zone play calling to me was atrocious. It needs Mm -hmm. to get a lot better because I'll be honest, I didn't see that much of a difference between Pat Shermer and Nathaniel Hackett. And I'm like, fizzle tricks. Now that's a that's a handle for you. Fizzle drinks. No preparation for the stadium noise. Agreed. It's like they forgot that they get paid too, and it turns out they sell tickets in their stadium as well. Defense was slow to set and get off the ball, and Russ had to wave players uh, away too much to get them to move or snap. Sadly, underprepared. Love the show. Go Broncos. Thank you, Fizzle Dricks. Um, can't disagree. Shulier with number two saying, I'm actually glad they gave it to McManus. Can you imagine if Russ took a sack there? And the other reason to hopefully bring McManus down to the earth. See, uh, no, I'm I'm riding and I'm dying on whether or not the $250 million quarterback can chop wood when the chips are down. Uh, Victor T, two fumbles on the line, Zach. Defense racked up penalties. Penalties all over. The only star was Russ. This was a game of emotion. Seattle was loud and they wanted this to move on. This was an anomaly. Zach, that was the thing. Russ was good. He wasn't great. And for his calling card being deep ball accuracy, Man, that dude was way off target tonight, which tells me it was more the emotions of this return to Seattle was more impactful on him than his neutral, kind of cool, calm, collected um, persona ever let on. You know, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I'm not happy the Broncos sent McManus out there. I thought it was a major cop out. I thought from a strategic coaching move, it was the worst thing you could have done. But you got to in that situation, Chad. If, like you said, ride or die with your quarterback that you traded multiple first-round picks for, three players for, then you just a few weeks ago handed him a contract that pays him as a top five, top three quarterback in the NFL on a per-year basis. You got to put the ball in Russell Wilson's hands in that moment. Otherwise, you might as well bring back Trevor Simeon or Paxton Lynch, or Brock Osweiler, or Case Keenum. If you have that mindset as a coach, it doesn't really matter who your quarterback is. It's a loser's mentality. Oh, what's that? According to the producer, it's not Schulier. It's pronounced Skyler. My bad. I won't forget that. Ryan, stay positive, guys and gals. It was the first game, although extremely messy. We will figure it out and get better from it. Uh, Patriot begs to differ. He says, I don't see more than seven wins with this roster and staff. <laughs> Too many holes, not enough picks to fill them. Uh, and then last one here, Zach, and then I want to serve this over to you. Chubb went off, but who's the next man to step up? What's the next move to improve from this loss? I want to get to a few more Super Chats if we can tonight because everybody has just been so outgoing and we want to get to as many, but we got to start winding it down here. So uh, what do they need to improve to bounce back from this? Um, pretty much everything. 
you know, Hackett needs to have a come to Jesus moment with himself as a head coach and uh, have a little more cashew, you know, in his in his uh, undercarriage there. Chad, word of manscape. He needs a little, to... a, a little more poly walnuts if you catch our drift. <laughs> he needs to find the grapefruits, if you know what I mean. Yeah. R.I.P. Uh, Tony Sirico. But uh, the passing offense needs to be a little more aggressive, I feel like. Not enough deep balls. Where was K.J. Hamler? Why did they go away from Cortland Sutton? Why did they go away from Alberto? Uh, enough with the running back screens. The defense has to tighten up, Chad. Uh the pass rush has to come to life. They have to stop the run. I like to see a little more impact plays from the uh, the premier defenders back there, including Simmons and PS2, and a little more from Ronald Darby, who to me is A.J. Boye 2.0. I know that the, this is a well-endowed team, but you got to figure out a strategy to not step on your own know-what. You, you know what. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is so talented of a team. Don't get too cute. Have a plan for critical situations like – I'm saying to Nathaniel Hackett right now, look, you better start drilling third down a red zone till the cows come home and revisit your approach to that because that was freaking Bush League. Dave Millage up in Canada, very generous. Thank, Thank you, Dave. You. Good to see you, buddy. Good to be back in the huddle after a long summer, he says. Bummer of a start, but through all the crap, the 14 missed points were the game. I'm going to say, yeah, 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 yeah. So let's suck it up, get back to work, and move on. Cheers. And everyone in the huddle, right back at you, Dave. Thanks for that positivity. I think people need to hear that, even if, if as kind of a, a parting message tonight. Um, Patriot text, I can't do another year of bad football. Everyone coach played scared. <laughs> you get the complete this, opposite take here. This organization, hey, this what is for? This organization is soft. Tonight, may, I may have broken. Nah, dude, no, 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 no. Pull it back. Text, listen to me, dude. Pull it back. And if those of you feeling like text right now, Pull it back, all right? Come to the, come back to the table tomorrow morning. Listen to, wait, yeah, tomorrow morning. Listen to Nick and Scott in the morning. Listen to Zach and myself on the radio at 2 p.m. And then listen to Building the Broncos because this too shall pass. I promise you that, Tex. This is not going to be a 7 and 9 or 7 and 10 team, all right? This is not, I'm, I'm all, maybe I'll, in some alternate universe, I, I look like a, an idiot for saying this, but I still am confident this is a team that will be in the dance come down the stretch like when maybe they're not going to win the AFC West. We'll see, but maybe they're not. But I think there's still a team that can be in the conversation for a wild card. Don't go chasing waterfalls, okay, is what I'm really trying to get out here. Felix, I was missing for sure. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> All right. That's Scott the guy. blocked that, man. You ever been to a punk rock concert and there's a long hair walking around in the crowd and the and the guy on stage decides to pick on him and says, hey, get that long hair and everyone kicks their butt. It's sad. I've seen that. That's what that comment was in our in our room. OK, Robert, I thought this year was going to be a little easier to watch. But yet again, my heart can't take it. I'm telling you. Relax, relax, Chris. The Broncos should have won this game easily. Costly turnovers, penalties and poor coaching cost us beyond pissed. But see, should have won this game easily. All right. If, and I know we're talking ifs here and potentials and we'll seize, we're still early in the season, but if the Broncos can learn from this, again, even if they're 50% in the red zone tonight, Zach, they beat the Seahawks handily. So all is not lost, you guys. Calm down a little bit. Those of you, don't go chasing that cliff. It's a fall. It's a deep fall. It's precipitous, the drop-off. 
Yeah, I do want to see how the Broncos respond. Obviously, it's week one. A lot of season left to be played. A lot of contenders who lost in week one. I mean, look at what the Vikings did to Green Bay. And I'm sure Green Bay fans aren't jumping off the cliff. They realize there's 17 more weeks to go. We'll know, though. You know, adversity makes or breaks a team. And we've been saying this. I've been saying it anyway for quite a while now. As a rookie head coach, I want to see how Hackett galvanizes his team after he meets some adversity. It's easy to be the nice guy, easy to have fun when everyone's zero and zero and it's summer and there's rainbows and and ponies in training camp. But when you lose a game like you do tonight, how you come out in week two uh, will will be a big uh, litmus test for this team. And the last one we saw in preseason, they got their asses kicked. I'll, I'll use that word bluntly by Buffalo. They came back the next week, looked much better against the Vikings. Hopefully we see that against Houston in week two. Guys, this isn't Joe Flacco. I got to remind some of you, I, I guess, from what I'm seeing in the chat. It's Russell Wilson, all right? The the material in terms of sample size to go on in terms of projection is copious, all right? The Broncos are not going to go 7-10. and 10. They're not. They have some kinks to be ironed out. So many new moving pieces, so, many, so much newness to this whole equation that that's one of the things I said even on this podcast multiple times. We're optimists, and maybe we overhype you sometimes, but said, how many times can you guys remember me saying there will be some growing pains early that first quarter of the season? There's going to be imperfections. It's going to happen. But if you're going to hang your hat on anything, Zach, my message to people is hang your hat on the track record of Russell Wilson. Maurice says this comes down to an inexperienced coaching staff that clearly needed the preseason to get acclimated. Both offense and defense were clearly confused. No more Mr. Nice Guy embarrassment. So he, he agrees with you on that whole no more Mr. Nice Guy thing. Thank you, Maurice. Yeah, but I just disagree with needing preseason to figure out when to kick a field goal or go for it. And just losing confidence in your offense and in your quarterback, Russell Wilson playing in his uh, old stomping grounds in Lumen Field, you don't need preseason for that. That's a an intuitive coaching decision that you make on the spot. And all uh, we saw that come out in the Vic Fangio era, Chad, in the clock mismanagement era, the timeout mismanagement era, the ways we were scratching our heads was because Vic Fangio lacked that intuition as a head coach. I don't think Hackett does, but he has a lot of growing up to do really fast. Jay Fig, good to see you, buddy. I think we are overreacting, guys. All these mistakes are coachable, and we will be fine. To have it uh, all go wrong and only lose by a point. It's a loser's a mentality. Sorry. For the absolute stud adjustments by the coordinator, Jerry did have a drop. That is okay. Finish your thought, and then there's one other thing on this I want to piggyback. I mean, no offense, Jonathan. I get that you're looking for uh, the silver lining here, but if we're rationalizing and justifying it by saying, well, the Broncos only lost to the Seahawks by one point, uh, that's a loser's weak frankly pathetic mentality it should be the championship standard that pat bolin laid years and years ago this is not the standard settling for a one point loss when the broncos were six and a half point road favorites in this game there's no two ways about it chad um you can't polish a turd and this game was a turd here's where you're right jonathan 100 i'm gonna agree with you on is tip your cap and like it would have been easy for everyone to just go run for the cliff on Ajiro Evero after that first half when Geno Smith was looking like, you know, Tom Brady incarnate. Um, but use the half as he should to make his adjustments. Defense kind of gut checked itself. Came out in the second half ready to play ball. Bottled up the Seahawks. I mean, they had their moments, but like 
the defense did its job. The defense did everything you could expect it to do to give the offense enough rope, enough opportunities to do its part. So I'll agree with you on that. Naj, thank you, bro. 10% chance, he says, to make that field goal. 35% chance of making it on fourth and five. And we have Wilson, a nine-time Pro Bowler, a guy that's probably a future Hall of Famer. I agree, dude. What the heck was Hackett doing in those timeouts with 10 seconds left? I wanted to tackle someone. I know. See, that to me is the most inexcusable aspect of this whole thing is, hey, growing pains to be expected, you know, working out the kinks in terms of your red zone offense. What are the odds of two running backs fumbling on the one-yard line, uh, on the goal line? All that stuff, okay, I can I can maintain kind of a benefit-of-the-doubt posture. But this right here, oh, this right here, what Naja's saying, the implications of that potentially on the competency and wherewithal of, of Nathaniel Hackett are highly concerning to me. The odds are high of fumbling when you give the ball to a fumbler. It's like signing an injury-prone player and then acting surprised when he gets hurt, like in Billy Turner's case. You know, the Javante, it is weird that they would lose two fumbles in that in both those scenarios, but Melvin Gordon, that's the knock on him. He can't hold on to the football. I'm surprised Javante coughed it up, but it was just the epitome of it not being their night. Sometimes the ball doesn't bounce your way, and it certainly didn't at Lumen Field. Alonzo, thank you, buddy. Longtime listener, first-time contributor. We do appreciate it. Why is Melvin Gordon still running it on fourth and short? Don't know. I agree on that. Like, well, here's the problem, Zach. Like, when it happened, I'm like – Javante's been chopping wood for you. He, at that point in the game, he was averaging over eight yards a carry. And on the goal line, you vulture him, and you give it to Gordon, who has a history of fumbling. But then you go, all right, they learn from their lessons somewhat because the next time on, the, on that same situation, this time they give it to Pookie, and he fumbles. Like, they can't win for losing. Jeremy says, I'm new here from Texas. My son, oh, that your boy is Mac Dog. You raised a good one. Jeremy, so you must be also a good one. Uh, shout out to Jeremy and his boy, Mac Dog. Uh, tell him we said what's up. It's probably past his bedtime, right? He's probably got school on the bright. So you being a good dad, you're like, look, I'll tell Jensen and Kelberman what's up for you, but you're going to bed. You probably skipped over your homework tonight to watch the game. So consider that my you know, fatherly gift to you this weekend or this week. You're going to have to make it up. But you're getting up early, so you can't stay up for the Huddle Up podcast. Oops, Mile High Huddle podcast tonight. Anyway, he says this was the Seahawks Super Bowl. Hopefully Hackett can regroup. I agree with that. Um, and there was another one in here. I, I, I miss who said it. Uh, the Seahawks, Seahawks won the battle, but they will lose the war. That's kind of the sentiment I think Broncos fans should uh, – Kind of hold to on this. Ah, we suck again <laughs> from Brown Panda. Uh, I, my, my, uh, my, what's his name? Rob, what impression is Schneider? Schneider is bad. Shame on me. I love Rob Schneider. I can't believe I couldn't think of his name. But guys, we're over the one hour mark. We got to get going here. So, uh, Scott, I don't know if there's any like Taryn Little throwing down big time shout out, Franklin Peterson shout out. You know what, Zach? I'm going to shout out everyone. If we didn't get a chance to actually read your super chat tonight, you will get a shout out tonight here in just a moment, but silent one last one. And then we're going to go, well, what does Russ think when his coach says a 64 yard field goal is a better chance to win than Russ getting those five yards? I agree, Zach. I agree. 
But hey, at least Melvin Gordon has a nice smile, right, Nathaniel Hackett? I, I, I don't get the love affair. And that's the best they can do, by the way. Do you think the Patriots under Tom Brady or the Bucks, for example, would run a dive on fourth in goal? Why not a little play action, if anything? If it's not Javante, how about a little play action to a tight end? That play, I've noticed in the NFL, works about 70 80% of the time. A quick little play action, right shot down the uh the back of the end zone, that would have been a little more exciting, but to give it to a known fumbler and then he fumbles, it's like, what else do you expect? But in the sky isn't falling. I see like Jeremy Sean in the chat calling me out saying, you know, I know how to win and I should, you know, I, I know what it takes to win. No, Jeremy, if I knew that for a fact, I'd be coaching in the NFL, not talking on a podcast right now, but it's also fair to criticize Nathaniel Hackett for putting the team in a position to lose, which he did multiple times tonight. And you guessed it, the Broncos lost because of coaching once more. So I'm not going to back down from that take. Chad's not going to either. It's a long season, uh, a lot of football left to be played, but this, as their debut, as their week one game, was not encouraging. Both things can be right at the same time. I'm a Tom Petty fan, and I won't back down, all right? Um, Zach, before you get to our matters of business, yeah. this Demarius Thomas jersey goes to the biggest super chatter of the night. That's EJ. So, EJ, you won this. Little did you know you were all competing for a jersey tonight. EJ won. So, shoot us an email, EJ, so we can get this out to you. And then one last thing. I just want to – I know you're going to go through this, but – we have so many dope new designs on the merch store, huddleuppod.com, or in the description of this video if you're on YouTube. Go pick yourself up a piece of MHH swag and uh, help us keep the lights on, baby. Yeah, guys, that was the Gut Reaction MHH podcast reacting to the Broncos' season opening loss. Can't believe um, spitting out that sentence tonight at Seattle. Uh, until we're back on, I, I almost thought it was Sunday, so I was going to say tomorrow, Monday, but we're back on Thursday evening, same time, same place. Until that time, follow us on Twitter at the MHH Pod, the main account at Mile High Huddle, Chad at Chad and Jensen, myself at Kelberman NFL, and our producer Scott at Scout Kennedy. Uh, Chad just showed it off, but go to huddleuppod.com and get yourself some merchandise, all new inventory, really cool designs, very comfortable clothing for any season we're coming up to fall now we have hoodies in there we have long sleeve shirts in there uh go check it out and facebook.com slash mile high huddle pod like the page and follow the page and guys if you haven't guys and gals go to apple Podcasts and leave your football priest and our deacon the producer a five-star review for a chance to win some merch each and every single month but you guys know the drills you see ticking below you subscribe like and share this video and every video you see on the mhh channel but you know but subscribe like and share it really does help us grow and reach more broncos fans just like y'all i can't shout out all the facebook fans tonight because uh facebook is being lame and won't let me pull up the list so we'll shout you out on twitter look for that uh but these great super chat superstars tonight throwing down with a plum ej don't forget to email us. Lawrence, Huero, Rod TV, Plum Bob, Silent One, Sam Bam, Tex, Master, uh, Master X1907, yeah, Smith Corona, Jess, Franklin, KB, Naj, Raymond, Stir King, Shiloh, 19 EHF, Robert Audison, Andre Williams, Chris Hernandez, legendary figure, Taryn Little, Isaiah1127, Snarky User, Corey H, Richard Bisencoder, Malachi Smith, Shiloh again, uh, let's see, D-Dub, Legend, Makua, Mark, uh, Skyler, let's see, R.D., Fizzle, Drix, Victor T., Noah, 72, Dave, Millage, uh, Chris Varela, Maurice Jackson, Jay Fig, love you, Jonathan Figueroa, 
Uh, Isaiah eleven twenty seven Brown Panda. Ah, we suck again. Tom El Greco, uh, the Queen Sheldon, Josh, Joshed twenty four, the Doctor Christopher L. Bush, Bronco Quick Hits, Ryan Slavic. Uh, let's see, let's see, Hunter Melling, um, Alonzo ninety sixification, uh, Zachary Peterson, Victor T. Let's see, let's see. Uh, I think that covers everybody on YouTube, all the super chat superstars. So much love and respect. Don't forget, hey, you got Broncos for breakfast on the bright at lunch or just thereafter, Zach and I, 2 p.m. You want the link to listen live? Even if you're not in Denver, you can still join the conversation with us. We will be tweeting out the links on Twitter the moment of and while we're broadcasting on the radio tomorrow. So come join those conversations. Join in on the text line. Come be as involved on the radio show as you all are here on these live stream podcasts. We'll look forward to seeing you then. Yeah, and I see some debate in the comments as well, Chad, real quick, that Russell Wilson was to blame or not to blame for this loss. He's not even top five reasons why the Broncos lost this game. I don't think he played like a $250 million quarterback, but he wasn't the reason the Broncos are leaving Lumen Field with an L. But that is going to do it. We'll continue this conversation, Chad, on the radio tomorrow and later on uh, in the week on the podcast. Guys, keep your head up. Try to have a good start to your week. We'll see you on Thursday night or on the radio during the week. Thank you, Michael Ronquillo, as always, for your support. He says, great show tonight, Chad and Zach, on the Mile Huddle Podcast. Broncos country, let's ride. Good note to end on. We'll see you guys Thursday. Take care, and as always, go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.